Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you by Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald. Creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Kingsley rolls to the boys, back to Kingsley. Carlson towards no, the lovely no, effort. No, 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 Kingsley magic! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. Not quite third in the country this season, but still the best in Edinburgh. We're going to cling on to that, aren't we? I am Laurie Dunsire, joined for this penultimate episode of the season, again by Mark Donaldson. Hello, how are you? Um, yeah, <laughs> trying, to, trying to look back at a season and, and kind of enjoy the high points, but then ultimately look over it and say it wasn't good enough and put everything into perspective. That's that's what we're kind of going to try and do over this episode and then a full this week, recap. Are we? no, over the next couple of weeks, we'll look back yeah. on the Hibs game this week and talk about... I was going to say, I'm not prepped, for the, and... not prepped for the full <laughs> review yet. <laughs> no, not quite. But it's weird sitting here Thursday afternoon, my time, seeing VAR in operation at Fur Hill where Partick Thistle are currently facing Ross County, and Ross County have just gone down to 10 men, and they're a goal down as well, and you wonder, could, could Fur Hill be on the list of places that uh, Hearts fans get to visit next season? That's always a good trip. Um, always a, a good trip along the M8 to, to Fur Hill. So potentially, it's just, it's, it's, it's weird, and I'm sure, I think it was the Partick Thistle website um, that put a, a tweet out, Earlier, just explaining to everyone um, exactly <laughs> what, VAR, what yeah. yeah, about VAR. VAR will be in operation at Fur Hill this evening. Thistle fans who are unfamiliar with the use of VAR are encouraged to watch the video below. And it had four different criteria, to which loyal Partick fan Bill Sweeney said, uh, criteria is a plural noun. The singular is actually criterion. So, yeah, we took to, to Partick to go to the library before the game next next season if they if they come up. Look, it's it's the 1st of June, and I'll admit I'm already missing the football. Um, we've still got some going on. We had that shit game last night in the Europa League final. That was just skullduggery um, throughout. We've got the FA Cup final and the Scottish Cup final and the Champions League final still to come. But it's, it's not until you get to the stage, Laurie, whereby you see in the Sunday Mail that the Australian second, third and fourth tier fixtures are printed so that people can still get their fix of, uh, of, of games to play on the lottery or on the coupons and, and things like that. Because it's a, it's a barren summer, but fear not, we don't have long to wait until the draw for Europe takes place on July 24th. Hopefully for us. Indeed. Um, so this week we'll talk about the Hibernian game, the final game of the season, of course. Um, I'll talk a little bit about some of the performances around about that and I guess the feeling around how the season has come to a close as a whole. Like I say, like Mark says, over this episode and our final episode of the season next week, we will do a bit more of an in-depth review. We'll look back at some predictions for the season. We'll do that next week and that's both from Joel Sked and myself from an episode right at the start of the campaign and from a few of you who um, actually filled in a survey and gave us some votes on what you thought Hearts, um, how Hearts would do this season and how different 
players would perform, who would be the best players, um, best signings, etc. So that'll be quite interesting next week. But we've got the Hibs game to focus on this time around. And I, I'm going to throw some um, different homework out there, which um, Mark's Ooh. not aware of either. But we'll... Well, you, you sent me some daft videos and YouTube links. We'll get no to that. No, well, I'll, I'll, all will become clear over the next okay. hour or so. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald's Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Hartimid Lothian against Hibernian, the battle for fourth place and the only remaining guaranteed European spot in the league after the top three places were all sewn up. Uh, with Inverness playing Celtic in the Scottish Cup final, of course, fifth place will likely be a European spot, but not guaranteed. And fourth place not only has one round less to play and also a bit of kudos, uh, there is some more prize money and, of course, city bragging rights. So it's a derby. It always means something, especially in the capital. And, you know, Hibs went into this one, I would say, with maybe a bit more enthusiasm for it because, you know, at a point it looked like they would not even get close to hearts and their season is maybe been more up and down throughout it, whereas Hearts kind of had a little bit of an upward trajectory after the turn of the year, and then it really went on a downward spiral. Um, so maybe a little bit, a bit more enthusiasm, I would say. Not necessarily confidence, um, but the game maybe meant a little bit more to them, whereas Hearts were just trying to secure a position that they were hoping they would be above. Um, but that wasn't to be. In terms of the team, probably no surprise that Alex Cochran returned um, from his latest suspension. Um, <laughs> he came in and he would go into left back and also Barry Mackay came back in. Forrest dropping out, maybe no surprise. Toby Civic though, dropping out um, maybe raised some eyebrows. Although Mark, in terms of recent performances, moving James Hill, uh, or I would say keeping James Hill at centre-back because Kai Rolls, of course, moved from left back when he played against Rangers. Keeping Hill in there made sense because I think he's been very good the last few weeks, and and Toby Civic had a bit of an off game, especially at Ibrox. Yeah, and I think that shows a manager that picks on form. Look, to be honest, I don't know if there's much between Toby Civic and and James Hill. So if one's selected over the other, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. I still think we're missing um, power and and someone that's not frightened to challenge for a ball in there because yeah. we don't have it. And once again, Hibs knew that and they targeted us from from set plays. They certainly did. Uh, so Hearts, a 4-2-3-1. Clark and goals. Atkinson, right, Cochrane, left. Hill alongside Rolls in the centre. Devlin Haring sitting. Oda Shanklin Mackay supporting Janelli. So very similar shape and approach for Stephen Naismith. Um, in terms of the match itself, uh, Hearts got off to a flying start, you would say, in the eighth minute. We'll have a quick listen back to that moment now. Here it comes now. Hill launched towards the box. Cleared by Hibbs, only as far as Oda, left foot shot, goal! It's Yutaro Oda! With a left foot drilled effort into the bottom right corner! What a time to get your first hearts goal! The Japanese celebrates deliriously with the lower part of section in! And it's first blood hearts in the derby! So this is another long throw from James Hill causing some problems. It's become a useful weapon for mm -hmm. hearts led to the goal that opened the scoring at Ibrox just a few nights before. And this one again caused problems. Hebs managed to clear it, but only to the edge of the box. Well taken down by Yutaro Oda. And it's a very neat finish on his left foot. And it's uh, probably the, the scorer that everyone wanted to see yeah. in, a, in yeah. a maroon jersey that day, isn't it? So pleased for him. Um, never shirks. Uh, there's clearly talent there. He's, he's someone that, that is going to develop, you hope. Um, still got a lot of developing to do, but but not frightened. And maybe sometimes it's the extra touch or the uh, the, the overhead pass. But you know what? He, he'll come back next time and he'll try it again. And I, I love that about him. But the one thing that was missing was a goal. And it was a really well-taken goal. And I, I, I thought that put us very much on the front foot and was a, it gave us a platform to go and build on that to try and get a second goal, but ultimately the game changes within 20 minutes. Certainly did. You should mention about Oda as well, just confirmed today that he's been called up to the Japan yeah. under-22 squad. That's for friendlies against 
England at St George's Park uh, and then the Netherlands in Austria four days later. He's previously represented Japan under 20 level, but what this gives him a chance is if he can impress in the double header could mean he would be in for a shot at the under-23 squad for next year's Olympic Games in Paris. Yeah, uh, in essence, it's an, it's an under-23 squad, but they've yeah. they've named everybody who... There's no point in naming someone that's not going to be available. Of course um, not, no. For, for, next, for next year. So, yeah, it, it certainly bodes well um, for him. Um, and you see some of the, the kind of players that have been recently um, named in the squad there's been a lot of homegrown players, but this is the the first time that they've recently they've they've added other players. They've got a goalkeeper from Benfica, they've got a defender from Fortuna Dusseldorf, a midfielder from Strasbourg and Grêmio in Brazil, and Yutaro Oda from from Hearts as well. So there are one or two players in that squad that are 22, but the majority are either 20 or 21. And and who knows? Hopefully, it's a stepping stone. Um, to to maybe potentially representing the the Japanese national team and and that is that is a really tough squad to get into because looking back to the World Cup, Kyogo of Celtic, super player, didn't get in the squad. Dies in Maeda, got in the squad uh, along with one or two other Celtic players, but Kyogo didn't. So yeah, it's an opportunity to to showcase what he's got and and hopefully it can be a good experience for him. Back to the match, uh, we'll get to the the big changing, uh, the big turning point, I should say, in the game. Um, before that, something that uh, we've been tagged in a few things on Twitter. I, I saw that Des Roach was asked about it and he has responded. So um, Peter Haring goes off in less than 18 minutes and it's a challenge um, by Doyle Hayes as the cross comes into the box. Now, a few people, I can see Preston Pan's Hearts, uh, Colin Marshall and a few others wanted to the podcasts to talk about it and look at it um it's a hard challenge i think it's correct that a foul is given against them um there's a lot of people talking about reckless and and red cards here no. i have to admit i have to admit and um a few parts fans listening to it will probably strongly disagree with me i i didn't see it as being that bad it's not it's not nice for Harring to sore one and obviously with what he's gone through you always play it safe with a head knock but um, it's a little bit too aggressive. It's a foul, but it's it's just not as bad as some people are making out for me. I usually go by instinct. Um, and my, my first instinct, I think everyone's first instinct, is usually not far off the mark. When you see something, without just thinking about it, you just see something. Your instinct usually gives you a fair idea of, of yeah, that, that's probably what it was. And then you listen to others, and then that might sway your mind, or you see another replay, and that might sway your mind as well, of course. It's not until you've mentioned this just now that a, a possible red card's even crossed my mind. I haven't been on social media. No, much I, to be fair, week, I was so. the same until people. But it's just because people have tagged, and I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm always open to other people's opinions, and everyone's entitled to that. So I just yeah, thought I would course. mention it. I, but I'm the same. I I thought it was I thought it was a foul, and it was clumsy. Um, but I, you know, if you got a yellow card, would it have been that ridiculous? Probably not. But I mean, talking about it as a sending off, just. Nowhere near that for no, me. No, not not for me. And and to be fair, even if it was considered as a red card by the referee, I think VAR might even say, <laughs> "Hey, come and have a look at that," because that's a clear and obvious error. Because it's not a red card. So again, people see things differently. Just go by the the letter of it's law twelve, and I mean it's 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 clumsy. It's a little bit late. The other thing is as well: are we talking about it to this depth? And to these levels, because it's Peter Haring and the concussion issues that he's had over the last two or three years. Probably not, um, but not for me. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, if, if if two of us on a Hearts podcast can't find a way for that to be a red card um, when it's Hibs were playing and, and of course there's bias, then yeah, for some, maybe not for me. The, the big incident, which would eventually lead to a, to a red card, um, happened just before the half-hour mark. Now, this is... Uh, we'll talk about the build-up first of all, because just, just before the half-hour mark, Hibbs hooked the ball over the top, and there's a lot of things to kind of dissect with this. First of all, you know, Kevin Nisbet gets in behind Kai Rolls, and it's been a repeat issue with Kai Rolls especially. Just you know, The ball is just hooked over the top, and he kind of gets caught under it a little bit. Um you then see the maybe the plus side with Kairos because he does have the pace to recover 
he gets back and he gets in front of the it's um in front of the ball and in front of Nisbu, who then has to check inside. But you then, you then spin it back again because he gets spun a little bit too easily by Kevin Nisbet, and that's how the ball gets forced to Chris Cadden. Now at this point, Alex Cochran finds himself kind of blindsided by Cadden coming in. He's he's the one who gets to the ball first, and he's trying to get a foot round to clear it, but he doesn't really anticipate Cadden, who's got a little bit of pace about him. He's, he's a reasonably quick player to who nips in behind him and gets to the ball first, and he's then caught. And there's absolutely no doubt it's a foul. Um, now, in terms of this moment, this is one of these where so. Jimmy and I were stunned in commentary because you've pointed to the spot the referee Mike is outside the box outside the box definitely outside the box VAR will intervene and we'll sort it out outside the box yep outside the box seen the replay definitely outside the box he's going over to the monitor oh wait a minute if it's outside the box Mm -hmm. then then the double jeopardy rule doesn't come in which means this could be a red card suddenly it, it dawns on us that actually Maybe it would be better if it was a penalty. And sure enough, obviously VAR has to check it for that, which means VAR then has to review um, for the sending off. Now, he does come out, he gives a red card. Obviously, Tynecastle's incensed again. I have to say, um, and I did see I got a little bit of criticism for this on kickback. Not everyone, but some people. Um, unlike the Celtic one, which I didn't agree with and I didn't think was a clear enough error for this, I have to say I think that's the right call. To be honest, um, you know, Rose doesn't cover himself in glory, but when Cochrane catches Cadden, Cadden's what one yard outside the box. The ball's not bounced too high. He's getting a touch on it. Um, Clark's still on his line, so he's he's going into the box one on one. Um, I I can't have too many complaints about that. And neither did Stephen Naismith, to be fair. No, I I agree with with the decision. Um, what would you what would you want in hindsight? Would you want the penalty awarded and no red card? Yeah, or the free kick awarded and and a red card? And ultimately, I I thought there were a few errors for for the way the wall was lined up. I thought Xander Clark was to blame as well. Yeah, for the goal. So so that wasn't great. You think at least if it's a free kick, you've got a better chance of of trying to stop it because you've actually got bodies that you can put. In the way, but ultimately, it's a double whammy, isn't it? Um, we got whacked. We got whacked by an equalising goal, um, and we got whacked by by having to play with a man down. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is a denial of a goal scoring opportunity. It's it is different from Celtic. Um, the ball was in the air, um, and for me, there was still a lot of work to be done. Potential um, covering player, where there was definitely not yeah. going to be any cover with this one. No. So, so I, as much as I don't want it to be, I agree with it. The way to look at this, for anybody that's, ah, oh, it's a disgrace, it should never be. Put the shoe on the other foot. Happens up the other end. That happened to Hibs. Hearts fans are screaming, screaming for everything that's just happened to us to go against them. So take off the maroon and white glasses. Try and look at it from a, a balanced viewpoint. And if that had happened to Hibs, be no sympathy. There'd be no Hearts fans saying, oh, but this, but that. It'd be the Hibs fans that are doing that. So whenever there's a contentious decision, put the shoe on the other foot and look at it from the other side. And, and from a Hearts perspective, had that happened up the other end, you'd be screaming for that to be a red card. You'd be screaming that it was denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. So why should it change when it's up our end of the pitch, when we're defending? It shouldn't. But it, I can understand it because... Football fans, every single one of us are partisan. It's difficult for a normal football fan to look at a game and see the other side of the coin. We have to. It's it's our job. I didn't like it, but I, I would argue till till the cows come home that that was the wrong decision to send off Alex Cochran against Celtic. I yeah. don't have those same it, arguments yeah. for this one. Um, and it was... I think the argument for VAR to review just wasn't there in that game either. Um, whereas this one, VAR was obviously in the Celtic game. The, the argument that there'd been a clear error wasn't just wasn't there. Um, 
Whereas in this game against Hibs, VAR had to review the incident regardless. I mean, there was a pe- potential penalty claim. Um, oh, and then this, the... this is, yeah, sorry, this is something that, that maybe gets missed by a lot of people. And oh, VAR didn't get involved at all today. VAR's constantly involved. VAR's constantly in the ear of the fourth official, of the referee, and they, yeah, they're all too much. In, incommunicado. Yeah, of course they are. But um, any other, and this is the, the, the thing. First of all, I'm blaming Jimmy Sanderson for this because I was all, oh no, it's fine because Jimmy had said he was offside initially. And I hadn't really seen him back because he said he that did. In commentary goes, didn't he? He did. And, and to be fair, it, it looked offside initially when you see it. Um, but well, it's not. It's not, though. But, you know, I can see why you think, like, you think it's Nisbet. He's just holds his line very well. It's, yeah. He's a good striker. Um, yeah, I don't think I'll good... have to face him next season because no. he doesn't really want to go to Millwall, it... but they want him and it's just a mess. It's a good point about, about Xander Clark. I actually thought Xander Clark ended up having a good game. He makes Oh, he had one tip save. over that was incredible. Brilliant save from Newell before the end of the half. Yep. Absolutely fantastic save. The free kick is a bit frustrating and I, I think back to the goal at St Mirren where I thought, why are you covering a side of the goal that he's just not going to get the ball to? And he just left it open for um, Ryan Strain to score in that game. Is it, again, it was that was a good free kick. But in this game, he's covering the post. But you see, he, he just he, he shifts his weight over to his left just before yep. Nisbet hits it. And I just think Kevin Nisbet's not getting... You know, hardly any players would be able to get that up and over the wall to that side. So as long as your wall doesn't jump, which and if the wall jumps in it, you know, it's not much you can do about it, to be honest. If you tell your wall, don't jump, stand firm... He's only going to be able to knock it, hit it to that side. It just—it's a good free kick. Don't get me wrong, because you see, it does bulge the side net, which means it was very accurate. But I just thought he—he he shifted his weight a little bit to one side, and it's just little frustrations like that about Sander Clark sometimes, because you can see he's got good instincts with saves, etc. But sometimes I just feel like he's maybe decision making or his anticipation—it's just off a little bit. Yeah, look, Sander Z- Z- Clark is. He's a really good backup, and he'd be the number one for a lot of teams in the Premier League. But the problem he's got at heart is he's always compared to Craig Gordon. Now, Craig Gordon yeah, made true. a mistake once. Uh, was that against St. Johnston at Tyne Castle? Um, what, what was the game? I saw it. Someone mentioned but it. To be fair, he, he has made a handful of mistakes. He's made a few mistakes yeah. this season, and I think you know that yeah. himself. The, the one you're thinking of is St. Johnston when we won 3-2 early in the that season. Was the one. Yes. passed the ball straight out, um, yeah. and Carey scored. But when 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 you have when you're such a good goalkeeper and you have such high levels that it's so noticeable if you do make a rare mistake, Xander is a super shot stopper, really 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 good. But as as someone that works with a former goalkeeper in Shaka Hislop and always chatting to him about him, and I remember when when we were commentating many years ago with the start of David De Gea's career when he was at Atletico Madrid, and he was talking about always watch a goalkeeper and move, and how they move their feet. And Xander Clark's footwork for me isn't good enough. Um, as as far as as good as it could be, could it be better? Yes. But Xander Clark's a fantastic shot stopper. So I, the, there have been several games this season. He's he's done what Craig Gordon's done and saved us points. That tip over was was phenomenal from from Hanlon, and he's a good goalkeeper. And we're very very fortunate that we have him as a backup because I'm not. I mean Ross Stewart. No, I mean I'm shedding no tears that he's gone. That that he's on his way. Fine, he was a third choice goalkeeper, but we've had some some duds uh, as as backups. Um, we've had some duds as as first choice goalkeepers. I have to go back a lot, but on the whole, we've had some really good goalkeepers. Yeah, at Hearts. So I know he, he made that error at Killy Xander Clark, but if I'm looking for scapegoats from the season as a whole. He ain't near the top of that. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Absolutely not. And to be fair, in this game, I thought he had a very good game overall. Made some great saves. Mm -hmm. More than made up for that um, error, you would say. I mean, it's not a glaring error, but I just thought he could have given himself a better chance of saving the free kick. Um, Sorry sorry to interrupt. I had exactly the same same scenario the following following afternoon. It was later that, that day, in fact. I was commentating on Sevilla against Real Madrid. At the Sanchez piece one, and Rodrigo had a free kick in the 29th minute, and it was a similar position. It was one of those, well, the, so the wall lines up to cover the, the nearest post, and he's probably just to the right hand side of center, and there is that kind of gap to the other side, but that's where the goalkeeper stands. But goalkeeper Bono, Yusef Bono, 
um, just takes the slightest little step to his left, and therefore it's the shifting the body weight to the other side and having to do so at the same time as a ball's coming flying towards you. And it's, it, it's a go- it's probably a goalkeeping error. Um, if, if you're beating at the side that you're meant to be covering, you can't really have arguments. But it's, it was so weird that having got up early to watch the Hearts-Hibs game, um, just a few hours later, exactly the same thing happened when Rodrigo had a similar free kick to Kevin Nisbet, and the ball also ended up in the back of the net. So for Bono, it wasn't a beautiful day, and he still hasn't found what he's looking for. No, and you can't always get what you want. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, anyway, what we're talking about? Hearts against Hibs. Yes, back to that. One okay, one. So, so, so he's equalised, and we're down to ten. It's one one. It's half time, and we get to. And to be fair, I think uh, you probably felt like I did, and many others did when when that red card happens, and especially when the free kick goes in. Yeah, once, once the free kick goes in, you feel like oh, it's done. That's it. Fifth place. Yep. What what a horrible end to the season. We're going to yeah. lose to Hibs. They're going to leapfrog us. We may not, may not even get Europe because what will happen now is Inverness will go and win the bloody cup. And, you know, half time, <laughs> half time, I mean, that's, you know, Hibs are, are, you know, feeling confident, feeling optimistic. This is a huge chance for them to get a first win at Tynecastle since 2019 and really turn their season around right on the last day, to be honest. Um, and, you know, Hearts have moved to a 4-4-1. And this is a completely different ball game now. You know, 11 v 11, Hearts are looking to set the tone, set the tempo, try and get a good win against Hibs, end the season on a high note with a big victory. Now, this game is all about a battle, about organisation, about staying well drilled. So Toby Civic's on as well. And, um, you know, talk about a few players, but I thought one mention about Toby Civic, you know, to be, to be dropped and, you know, mm-hmm. nothing's confirmed, but I think we all knew it's because... Well, he was off colour Ibrox and the better option was Hill. To then come on in a game where Hearts are up against it, down to 10 men, he's going to have to defend the, the full game. I thought he did really well. Um, uh, you know, and not an easy one because it's basically defence against attack drill for for what would be 77 minutes Hearts would play oh, with 10 men. Felt longer than that. Um, uh, it did feel longer than that, but, you know, it, it would only be, what, 59 minutes of regulation time from the point the red card was shown <laughs> about the 77 mm-hmm. with all the added i thought he did really well and this is why i said to you before uh, there's something about civic i know he's had his off games and he's you know he didn't start the season well then he looked terrific and then he kind of went off color again yet there's definitely some he's definitely got the the physique and he's got the ability there for me i think um mm-hmm. maybe needs a bit more focus maybe a different partnership there but um there's enough there for me that i, I still really like him as a player yeah, look, as I said to you last week when I was talking about potentially either having him as a, the spare man in a back three so he can move into midfield or try him out as a defensive midfielder because he's a really good passer of the football. Just actually looking at some of the games that, that he's come on um, this season. Five league games when he's come on, different times, obviously. Uh, at Tanadice, the Hibs game at the weekend, Kilmarnock 3-1, Motherwell 3-0, and Hibs earlier this season when he came on for... Michael Smith, that was the game that we conceded very late. And I, I felt we, we kind of played into their hands then. I mean, he played about half an hour at the end. Certainly wasn't to, to, to blame. But he's a player that comes on. You, you never you never hear grumblings or anything like that. Um, I, I get the feeling with Toby Civic, he'd be a, whether it be a joy to manage or a just really easy to manage. I think that's what you're kind of looking for in a footballer. Uh, as far as on-field is, is concerned, is, is he nasty enough? Um, that's not the discussion I mean, that we're having what, right now. What I would say about him, um, when it all kicks off at the end, he's um, front and centre. behind Claire Cowan, isn't he? Um, well, everyone was behind Claire Cowan. Everyone's behind Claire Cowan, but I mean, in terms of players, he was he was right in there defending teammates and, and getting involved. But I mean, I mean, look, I thought Hill was terrific again as well. He was really solid. Um, I mean, for me, if, if you're going to talk man of the match, especially second half, um, Shankland, was just phenomenal for me in terms of um, getting stuck in, but also whenever he could, given some kind of relief to the defence, um, you know, bullying some of the Hibs defenders, holding it up. And it's quite funny. So before the game, before the game, I was having a little um, disagreement with John Hughes, but very friendly, you know, former Hibs man, John Hughes, of course, big Yogi, who couldn't believe Hearts are ruining Lawrence Shanklin by not playing him 
as a nine up front. And I said, well, I would have said that at the start of the season and maybe at times the way Robbie had played him. But if you if you watch him, he actually is a very good foil for Janelli. And he has that all-round game, actually, which I'd never credited him with, to be fair. I'd not watched enough of him. But, um, and he said, no, no, it's, it should be a nine. He's up front. Why would you put your goal scorer sitting in a 10 roll? Blah, blah, blah. But I thought the way he played that second half showed just how important he can be as a captain and beyond just hitting the ball in the back of the net, which he's very good at as well. Um, I, I thought that was a big part of it. Um, a lot of players worked hard. I thought Atkinson was really good again against you know one of the better attacking players, especially outside of Selkin Rangers, Eli Yuan. Um, but more than anything, as a team unit, and that's a huge performance, isn't it? That, that game and that half especially, because I didn't think Hibbs really looked like scoring that much in the second half. You know, I know they hit the post with a header that kind of deflected off the goalkeeper more than anything and hit them. But that was from a set play. I didn't I didn't think I thought they just got desperate and they just started it summed up when they chucked on a centre back who'd never played for them, has been out injured for God knows how long up front at the end, rather than their American international striker. It just the, the longer the game went on, and you could feel it in the crowd. I don't know if that came through when you were watching it at home. The crowd got more and more confident at the heart's end, they got more and more desperate mm. in the hips end. Like Actually, we've we've got a good grip on this. You know, we were surrendering possession, of course, but I just I was quite impressed, and that goes out to Naismith and the team as a whole as well. Very solid. There were shaky moments, of course, but Hibs aren't very good. That's the bottom line. Yeah. A, a good That's team would have, well. yeah, a good team would have taken us to the cleaners. And this is a Hibs team that that has some individual quality, but as as a unit, they looked lost. Hamlin, me have ball, me kick ball long. Will Fish, exactly the same. Going back to your little spat that you had, when I was a teenager, I had a pen pal, a pen pal from Mansfield. And I went down to a Mansfield game. He came up to a Hearts game. And I've, since then, 30-odd years ago, I've had a soft spot for Mansfield. He's had a soft spot for Hearts. I would still take his opinion about Hearts over John Hughes. How many times has John Hughes watched Hearts this season <laughs> to have a confident summation that Lawrence Shankland is wasted where he is? I'm sorry, my pen pal from Mansfield, I would take his opinion on where he thinks. He's a casual fan. He'll, be, he'll watch games on Sky. He probably still knows more about Hearts than John Hughes does. So <laughs> I think you win that argument without even knowing what was said between the two of you. And I like John. He's a super lad. But oh, I'm not a, having his viewpoints he's on a, Hearts. He's a good guy. But um, yes. he also mentioned, because we went on to Robo, and he's like, do you know what? I don't think Robo ever scored in a game against me. He's like, really? He's like, no, I think so. <laughs> I was like... All right, okay. John Hughes clearly doesn't know that London Hearts exists. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I can check that. He's like, pretty sure he didn't. I was like, okay. So I just put, because obviously you can put in players into London Hearts who played against Hearts. So you don't just, even have to, it's not that much work. Website. So thank you very much to Davey Allen for creating such a wonderful resource. So I was like, okay. Do, 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 do. I was like, Right, fourth game in, John. Uh, Hearts 3, Falkirk 1, 1992. Robbo scored the ninth minute. And I was playing. Ah, you started. Oh, okay. What was the final score, though? 3-1 Hearts. Oh, okay. I can keep going. That's just the fourth one. No, 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 it's fine. Do you know who his cousin is, by the way? If anyone listens to the radio, I'm sure you would have heard him. Uh, his cousin? Oh, Alan, Alan Preston, former Hearts player. Are they cousins, are they? Yep, they are cousins. I don't know if I don't think I knew that. Oh, there you go. Well, an interesting fact. Where were we? Okay, yeah, back to the game. Yeah, but so so Hibs Hibs not Hibs not great, um, and they 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 just they didn't appear to have any structure. It's like they hadn't they hadn't worked out get the ball wide. I mean, they just chucked credit. players on, didn't they? They did. They, chucked they, players they, on for the sake of it. By the end. I didn't understand the, the 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 substitution of of Devlin. You you mentioned him coming on ahead of Hopper. And they've, they've now punted him. He's gone to, to Livingston now as well. Mental. So that was your that was your farewell. Um y- yeah, I agree with I agree with the uh, yes, there's nerves, but it's not like if they were a good side, they're out of they're they're, they're long gone. They scored two or three and and, and they're gone. So I think I think credit to to the back line, credit to to, to Stephen Naismith as well. 
I saw a couple of people um, asking the question, would we have been better off playing a 4-3-2 and leaving someone up with Shankland? Uh, just so we've got an out ball. Shankland put in so much work in that game. The problem then is they've got that extra man in midfield. So I, again, I, I don't know. If you'd offered me, not when the red card takes place, but when the free kick goes in, that's the key for me. If you'd offered yeah. me a point there, I'm taking it and running. But the bigger oh, picture, yeah. I want, I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to talk bigger picture with with this one. How different would that game have been as far as Hearts' tactics are concerned? If everything was exactly the same, Cochrane gets sent off, we're a goal up, they then equalise from the free kick. We are then faced with about an hour playing with ten men against a hip side that have got the bit between their teeth, but. It's a game that we know that if we win, we overtake Aberdeen. That would be the interesting <laughs> thing for it me. Would... How different would that second half have, have, have been? I think you would have seen plenty more goals because I think we would have had to go for it. But... Yeah. God, and it would have been... I tell you, if if that end result was the final end result and you know, and Aberdeen had drawn with St. Marinse, God, that would yeah. have been a lot harder to take. Um well, regardless, regardless of them losing at, at Celtic Park, if we went into that game knowing that a win over Hibs yeah. would secure third spot and everything happened exactly the same, obviously we would do our tactics different, needing a win. But how annoying would that have been if we'd known a win? I mean, it's like Dortmund, nowhere near at the same level, but Dortmund, a win over Mainz wins you the Bundesliga and it's the, the ultimate choke job. Yeah, that God, that was awful, yeah. Oh, wasn't it? It wouldn't have been a choke job for Hearts, unable to win it. It's just, it, they would have had to find a way to to try and attack a little bit more because they had to, where in this case, they didn't have to. And and credit to every single one of them uh, and the subs that came on as well for, for from Natty Atkinson to keeping keeping tabs on Ellie Ewan um, to to the guys that came on. Um, obviously, Toby Sivic, Kai Rolls moving across. Chris Cadden's not a bad player, but they, they restricted their, their threat very well um, I thought from Cami Devlin in the middle of the park to uh, to Keo. Um, yeah, I thought I thought we did well because it was never a let's go and get a winner here. It was a hey, let's have and hold what we have. And I guess we've got to mention the um, the Rami at the end, which uh, it's one of those where you're meant to say these are the scenes we don't want to see. But I think most people actually enjoyed seeing those scenes. Um, well, for for better or worse, obviously we hope there's not any repercussions for players who are actually going to be playing for Hearts next season. But you know, Ross, Ross Stewart took one. Um, but I, I guess what it showed to me is, and I know it's it's a silly way to look at it, but like with Civic, um, the, the players weren't afraid to get involved and stick up for for their teammates. I think there's been a little bit of fight about this team under Naismith. And look, it was it was a ridiculous way it started between Naismith and Lee Johnson. I mean, it's the most pathetic punch I've ever seen from the, the Hibs manager. It's barely a barely a tickle. But it obviously everything kicks off from there and it's the few players get far too wound up. Um but I mean shout out to Claire Cowan though. You know oh. not afraid to get involved. Rick's getting stuck right in there. Um <laughs> so yeah. Uh, uh, we should be we should be um talking about this is you know an embarrassing moment shouldn't we but i mean hey ho it's a derby it shows it means something to them all at least so first of all johnson says something right at the end and has a wee dig at, at naismith but then it's whoever i can't remember who the hearts player was there's footage and a little i don't think it's well i think he knows he's there but it's made to look in, unintentional a little dig in lee johnson then rocky rocky comes in like rocky does in the movies and then the shit hits the fan, and everybody gets involved there. So it kind of had little little spells um, near the touchline and then in the middle of the park as well. And the first thing I thought when I heard that was several red cards afterwards, uh, as long as it was it was one of our shitty players who's not going to be involved next season or one of the coaching staff, because the last thing you want... Because, by the way, Cochrane's going to be suspended now for a decent chunk of... Of the start of the season. Last thing you want is Shankland involved or Ginelli involved, hoping he signs a new contract and they get a red card and they have to miss the start of the season as well. So 
it wasn't great, um, but it, 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 they did show unity, and, and that's the main thing. And and for Lee Johnson in his post game comments, let's just take you back to October earlier this year, where he basically said that Ryan Porteous was actively targeted by opponents, and said the Scotland international could be forced out of Scotland. Lee, yeah, back you go, son. Indeed, so one apiece and maybe not the end of the season we'd hoped for, but at least Hearts did manage to keep their city rivals below them for another season, which is something. Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Now, I have a, a bit of homework, which is a little bit from left field. Mark has no idea where I'm going with this, um, but I'll quickly play a clip, uh, which is from the end of the film Transformers in 2007. With the AllSpark gone, we cannot return life to our planet. And fate has yielded its reward. A new world to call home. We live among its people now, hiding in plain sight, but watching over them in secret, waiting, protecting, I have witnessed their capacity for courage. And though we are worlds apart, like us, there's more to them than meets the eye. I am Optimus Prime, and I send this message to any surviving Autobots taking refuge among the stars. We are here. We are waiting. What the hell am I doing with this? What the hell are we listening to that for? You may well ask, and you would be right to ask it at this point. So, um, mainly looking at more of the 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 song there. This one here, I'll just play a clip again of it. The song. It's what I've done, which is Linkin Park, two thousand and seven. Two thousand seven. Do you remember rap rock, Mark? That was a thing. What? Rap rock. Rap rock. You're asking yeah. a Belinda Carlisle fan if you remember <laughs> rap rock. No. Anyway, um, so at the end, the end credits to the film Transformers two thousand seven, which, by the way, is just a mediocre um, Michael Bay Hollywood. Where are you going with this film. Um, that's Optimus Prime, the leader of the Autobots, giving up giving his little speech to close the film out. It's like 60 seconds before the song the worst, kind of kicks This is in. the worst tangent in the right. five years of this so, podcast. What I want to do, I think you'll like where we go with this, what I'm looking for... Today? Now, the reason this happened, the reason I went with this, so people, um, there was this little spell of this little fad where people were using this song to end other films. So not just Transformers, they were using it at the end of other films. So they were taking this song and in fact, there, you, close, yeah. you close the film with a, a kind of 45, 60 second speech and then it kicks in Linkin Park what I've done because it works quite well. What I want to do for next week is get people to give us the closing speech for Hearts season which we will then put over that end credit song because it's quite a good end credit song. Jesus. Um, as, as someone that spent five years probably using <laughs> spent five, five years explaining this homework maybe but i'm look at self-deprecating and self-analytical as, as someone that spent five and a bit years of this podcast if that's what it is nearly five years or something uh, probably using four or five times as many words as i needed to do <laughs> is finally rubbed off on you yep yep but basically what i'm looking for so um 
this is a song which is used at the end of a, a, a film. People have tried, they've tested it on other films, like they've they've put it at the end of other big blockbusters to say, why don't we use this the same end credits? You know, you put a speech at the end or whatever. So I want to use it for the end of Heart Season, the end of our narrative for the campaign. We're going to close with 45 seconds, maybe. It doesn't have to be as long as that, but something we can fit into that song at the end. So what would you say to close this? This is the end. This is a film this season. It's the Hearts movie. Um, we need a dramatic end. It doesn't just close this off, but it kind of looks ahead to what's to come as well. I'd you know have two we... words. I'd have two words, and that would be be better. Well, that doesn't work. You need a bit more than that. No. Why? Because it doesn't work with my homework. 45 seconds worth. Come on. People well, it doesn't have to be. So the, the speech in the bit that I've just played is six or seven sentences. So, you know, you, you kind of give well, a summary just... of what's happened, you know, Why? where we're at, Why? and look ahead. Because I want to give a dramatic end next season to to the end of the close off the season. The end credits kick in. I thought you said I was going to like this. I'm sorry, I thought you would. Joy, but no, just it was no. too long. The explanation was too long, and so I'm asking for people just to give us, you know, five six sentences to to sum up the season that we dramatically put at the end of the end credits. Hmm. No, not for fuck's me. sake! I thought it was quite a good idea. I quite liked it. Might be for others, but. Just... Well, okay. well, look, you're, you're, you're asking people to do something after a, a season that ultimately we didn't achieve our, our aims and our well, targets. Well, I'm not saying it has to be good. Well, so be better. No, I'm if not you saying to, it could be, it could be, a, to... could be a funny, like, it could be, a, we could go with a funny little dialogue at the end, or it could be a, a very um, critical dialogue. I don't, oh, for Jesus Christ, I want a dampener now. Try to think of some what? homework that's different. We're two hundred and fifty odd episodes in. I mean, we've used a lot of the gen generic homework. We need to think outside the box a little bit here. No, no. If we'd finished third, then it, then look ahead would be a lot easier. But yeah, but the, but the chips are down at the end of that bit, so that it's got to the end of the film. That things are not, you know, they've got somewhere, but there's still there's still work to be done. So it's not a, it's not an ending. It's kind of. It, it's just the end of this first film. We're looking ahead to the sequel as well, which will be next season, hopefully, and something better. Yes. I do, honestly, I just can't... As much as we've discussed the Hibs game, and we'll, next week's uh, the one about the season as a whole, okay. it, it, Hearts, Hearts have basically got two opponents. Realistically, Hearts have got two opponents in the league, right? and we have to finish above both of them. We didn't do that this season. We finished above one of them, Hits. Yeah, I know. We didn't finish and, above Aberdeen, and that's, so that's the that's the, the the arc isn't finished. This is not a complete arc. This is the end of the first instalment. So you know, we've got through it. We've had some ups and downs, and there's work to be done. And that's obviously looking at okay. Just like tell you what, I'll put it out there. If if it doesn't work, then I'll bow down to the fact that it was a shite idea. I thought it might be a good idea. I thought it would be something. Creative. It might be. I'm, I might be in the minority here, but if, if, if probably you not. Probably if you not. I mean, a, most people. If you don't have a blue tick. Up. If if you don't have a blue tick on Twitter and you don't subscribe to whatever that Twitter blue thing is, which most people don't, you're limited to 240 characters. How the heck do you fit what you've just asked me to do and others to do into 240 well, characters? Well, there, there's your first task. Well, well, give us what you can. Short, long, email us, podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk, tweet at Around the Funnel. Um, and if it's shit, it's shit, and I'll, I will... Um, I will I Take feel sorry for you board. now, but I think this is of your own making. Well, just, if it, if it's shit, and it. then it is. It is of my own making. So I'll um I'll take it. Um, don't know where I go now. I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's not even a game to predict. I can't even move on to that. We've got no. There's no nil 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 nil. Can we, I'm pretty confident this week. <laughs> can we um yeah? Can we predict the first game of the season, which we don't even know what date it'll be because wow. Inverness win the cup. Mm. Wow. Well, look, what we know is awkward. Say no one it is email awkward. I read. No, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to take it on. I'm going. Listen, I'm going to take it on from here, and I'm going to, I'm going to eagerly away your editing to see where it ends up. First weekend, excuse me, of the new Cinch Premiership season is the weekend of August fifth and sixth. If Celtic win the cup, Hearts will go into the third qualifying round of the Europa Conference League. The date. 
for the first leg of that one is August the 10th. So we will have played a league game before we play in Europe, which is a bit of a help because in years gone by, a few of the games that we've played in the early stages have been before we've even kicked off in the league. Now, the draw for the third qualifying round of the Europa Conference League, get your diaries out, write this down. July 24th is the draw for the third qualifying round. This is assuming Celtic beat Inverness. Now, if Celtic don't beat Inverness, two things will happen. One, Scotland's coefficient will be totally fucked by Inverness, Caledonia and Thistle in the group stage. However, it would be hilarious because quite a few things. Celtic would have lost to Inverness and many people would find that funny when they should win it and probably Ange Postecoglou's last game. But also, Hibs would not be in Europe and Aberdeen and their five million from guaranteed money in the group stages would then go into the third qualifying round of the Europa Conference League. We would then go into the second round qualifying of the Europa Conference League. The date for those games are August the 3rd for the second leg, July 27th for the first leg. The draw would take place on June the 20th. So if we go to the third qualifying round in Celtic won the Cup as expected, instead of the draw being on June the 20th and 21st, the draw would be on July the 24th. And hopefully all those words have made you forget about all Laurie's words about what he wants you to do for next week. Well, what's more likely? Someone will actually take on my homework idea or Inverness will win the Scottish Cup. That's uh, They couldn't, could they? Could they? I'm saying what's more likely, I don't know at this point. They both seem long odds. Um, we will be back next week to do a proper end-of-season review, look back at some of the pre-season predictions and see how they compare now. God, they're going to be well off the mark, aren't they? Well, it was you and, um, um, and you and Joel that did the predictions. It was, because you? you were skiving at that point. So, skiving? Well, well, That's... Skyving, that's the only time I've heard that not associated with school. To school, yeah. So, Arts ended the season with a, a good bit of fight in more ways than one. A bit of a rammy at the end, but at least it showed they cared. And in the end, they got the result that kept them on top, certainly in the capital. At least, um, we'll be back next week with one final episode for the season. Till then, thanks for tuning in. I liked my idea. Straight up proven, we can get you grooving. This track's booming. It ain't no hype. Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us wreck the mic. Psych.